0: Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Dez, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Blue Skies Life, a lifestyle brand with high-quality, ethical, and sustainable products. There are products for your mind, body, and home, everything from calming tea and luxurious shea butter to Turkish towels and silk kimonos. The holiday season is upon us, so start getting these one-of-a-kind gifts now. Go to blueskieslife.com, that's B L U S K Y S. L-I-F-E dot com and use code BU20 to get 20% off your order today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm here on this lovely day that we've been blessed with with a special guest, Sue Reynolds, who was introduced to me from my good friend, April, who I have the pleasure of working with in a number of different ways. But Sue, is amazing. We're going to get into such a great conversation today because she's a couple of things. Sue is not just one thing. Sue is a certified executive coach. She's also a social media marketing strategist at Carmine Media, and she's got over 20 years of experience in the corporate setting in nonprofits. You also Sue created a web series uh, Mm -hmm. for women in leadership. And she really specializes in mentoring and empowering women to succeed in the workplace, which we need so much of today. And I did also learn that when you're not doing all of that fabulous stuff, you're a lead vocalist Mm -hmm. in a band and happen to be an avid traveler. So you have nothing short of a magnificent life is basically what it comes down to. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun to have a conversation today. But welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: It's great. I'm I'm excited today. For those of you tuning in going, what are we getting into today? We're going to talk about leadership. And we're going to talk about particularly women In leadership and some of the things, uh, you know, that Sue has seen over her 20 plus years that are difficult and things that we as women and also men, I will say men tuning into the show can do to help change the narrative and help us to be better and more confident in this space, because I will say one shift that I have seen in my Almost 17 years doing consulting and uh, coaching is that there are there is a shift of more women coming into leadership positions coming into leadership roles and it's even more imperative for people like Sue to be in this space teaching women how to do that well and and be successful and in these roles that they're taking on sometimes, really rapidly <laughs> getting thrown into the mm-hmm. fire in some cases, especially during the pandemic, where people in some ways have had to just step up out of necessity. So there's there's a lot of that that we're seeing. So I, we'd have to start with your story, Sue. So how did you get into leadership and on the path that you're on today? Tell us more about you.
1: Well, I think I was always, a leader, you know, even in, in childhood, you know, how we like to label little girls bossy. I was probably that bossy girl who actually, if we reframe that I'm not bossy, I have leadership skills. Yeah, uh, that's something that Cheryl Sandberg points out in her book, LinkedIn, and it's so true, or lean in, I'm sorry, it's so true, you know, we like to label the little girl who's leading the, the play group or whatever, that she's being bossy. And we probably don't label boys in that same way. But I think I was that little girl. And as I moved through my education, I was the one that uh, was always leading the group projects in college. And so I I chose leadership as my focus when I uh, got my bachelor's degree in business administration. So I have a leadership focus. And I always enjoyed and wanted to be in a leadership role. And I'm very pleased to be in one now in my in my full time career. Um, And I learned a few things along the way. And so uh, I want to now at the age where I am, um, I'm 54 years old. And I want to start giving back to the young leaders that are coming up. uh, What I've learned about leadership and and uh, the best way forward for women, especially. And uh, yes, gender bias exists. Yes, we need to try to combat it. There is no question about that. But there are some things that we do as women that really buy into that gender bias and sometimes hold ourselves back. And what's really cool about that is those are things we can change. We have control over those things. And so as I moved into a leadership role, I want to help women understand those things uh, and give them back some of the power that they have. They can they can change some things to control their own destinies. And that's really primarily what I do for my coaching, uh, as well as, of course, yeah. my social media. Yeah.
0: That ownership, that power—I love the word "power"—is to own that, and it, it's so amazing that you said "bossy" and and the different perceptions around that, right? Yeah. Uh, like, they—the uh, formal thing that we do often, especially in corporate environments, is to take the personality tests. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you sure. take the different tests to figure out. What strengths are you know you do the strengths finder test or the colors test myers-briggs and then you you're you lean in hopefully to those different strengths and often if there is a strength of being bold or something like that uh women may feel a little bit uncomfortable with that and the yeah. perception around well i don't i don't want to be too aggressive you know i don't i don't want to be seen as uh you know that that by, that might be a little much. I, I don't want to come across that way. <laughs> you know, so there there is a lot in that, and and I hope to be able to unpack that with you today. But maybe one place for us to start is, what are some of the common challenges that you see for women today? I mean, one that I think of, and maybe we can build on this, is confidence oh, and, and imposter please, syndrome.
1: Imposter syndrome, absolutely. It's it's a big issue for women. Men have it too, of course. But it's a big issue for women, um, especially high-achieving, successful women. I think we we know what we don't know, and that makes us insecure. So when you move into a new role, for example, I always tell my clients: if a new job, if you can do a new job right out of the gate, it's probably too easy for you. There are going to be things that you don't know and you need to be able to feel comfortable, not with the fact that you don't know them, but with the fact that you will learn them. You will put the time in, you will put the energy into yourself to learn those new skills. You have to have faith in yourself. And the confidence is about your ability to learn them, not necessarily the ability that you already have that expertise. And while we're talking about expertise, that is also a common, thing that women do, we we overvalue expertise. We think that in order to do a job, we have to have all of the skills and be a hundred percent fluent in them before we'll even apply for a job or before we'll apply for a promotion. And having that kind of expertise is the best way to keep the job you're in uh, because you become extremely important in that role. And that's the best way to stay right where you are, is to focus so heavily on that expertise so that you can overcome those feelings of imposter syndrome. The problem is, if you look at, uh, and the problem for women is, if you look at how men apply for a job, they'll apply if they just have a few of the skills, but we think we need all of them. (laughs) And so we're not applying for these roles that we really are qualified for. And uh, men are, they are. Men are also talking about their next role, how they want to move up. Uh, They're positioning themselves as, say, partner in the law firm or director of whatever. And we're not, we're we're heads down working, focusing on building our expertise, Uh, which is fine. You do need some expertise. But maybe not as much as as we think, um, and that's wow. That's one way we're holding ourselves back. There's lots of ways we hold ourselves back, but that is one. Uh, we have to think about how how to balance our expertise with learning just enough to move to the next level. If if your goal is to climb. That is so true. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We want to be perfect. We, it's that perfection. You know, we want to be no, perfection track. We, we think we need to be perfect in order to be successful.
0: There's no such thing as perfect, though, is there? Oh, heck no. No. <laughs> But somehow it's this invisible thing that we're striving for. It's like this thing that we when we wake up, we there's this little bulb that goes off that says, perfection. <laughs> Try to
1: achieve this. And it of course it's unattainable target. because there's it is, yeah. It is a <laughs> moving target. Um, and good enough is better than perfection, you know. Good good enough. Are you good enough? Mm-hmm. Um, but perfection is can can really be a trap because it can hold you back if if mm-hmm. everything you're doing is you're trying to be perfect. Now women are held to a different standard. I think we know that, um, and I think that of course we're buying into that when we're when we're falling victim to that perfection trap. Um, so to a point, yes, we're expected to be harder working, you know, more. Uh, more productive. Uh, But these are sometimes boxes we put ourselves in. Mm -hmm. So let's
0: play on some of what you just said. Let's say somebody, a bright, intelligent, driven, ambitious woman comes to you and just got promoted in a new role, but is having that feeling of Good grief. I, I am so overwhelmed. (laughs) This title is, you know, freaks me out because now I'm the vice president, you know, of marketing or I'm, you know, this important role and all this weight is on my shoulders. How do you begin to get into a mindset of what you've just described where I'm going to lean in and I'm going to learn and I'm going to be fine. With not knowing everything, like what are some of the things that someone in a position like that needs to start doing differently, uh, differently. to not get
1: stuck? In the trap? Um, that's a great question because that fear and that that sense that you're going to get uh, you're going to get discovered, people are going to realize that you know you're an imposter, or you don't belong here. That feeling is very real and it's it's terrifying. Um, like I said before, I think the faith needs to be in yourself and that you've gotten yourself this far and they, they promoted you because of your potential to succeed in that role. And you owe it to yourself to learn the the skills that you need to learn the new things you need. And you start to do that. And this is where sometimes women don't, don't leverage their relationships as well as they could rather than shutting the door heads down and learning all of the skills that you need to be successful in this role. You want to start by building alliances. Who do you go to for the information that you need? And it's those alliances that you build that will help you ultimately be successful in the role and also get you the support you need in the company. Um, But when you shut yourself off and and work on, I've got to be perfect at this before I say anything, before I reach out and build alliances, you're holding yourself back. It's those alliances that will get you where you need to go because they might have the information that you need. Um, And very often That's that's the first thing men will do is build those alliances and women will shut their door and start working
0: that is that is such sage advice and um i'm thinking back this is like taking me back to the beginning of my career (laughs) you know almost two decades ago and uh, being a young consultant and this feeling of having to prove yourself Mm -hmm. and having to prove yourself this was the story I told myself at the time. Doesn't mean that I would do it the same. I, I I certainly wouldn't do it the same. But it was this feeling of I need to figure this out on my own. You know, if if I go and ask for help, then it might look like I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't want to do that. I'll just you know stay up till four a.m. and figure figure this out. I can do this. Meanwhile, there's people all these resources that are at my fingertips to leverage all these people who have you know been around the block a several times that i could have tapped into learned from asked questions of but my own insecurity kept me from doing that Mm -hmm. that was a bad decision
1: (laughs) it's so common um, we don't want to be exposed as not knowing everything and not being perfect in this new role. When in fact, building those alliances um, can open up your network and really bring new people even into your circle that can, can give you the information that you don't know. You know, I know, I don't know the answer to that, but I know who does. And um, I, I'll talk to them and find out. And that's really how you grow. You know, it's, It's who, you know, I mean, I think we all know that, right? It's who, you know, and the relationships that you have that very often help you move up in a company.
0: Yeah, it Mm -hmm. really is. It really is. And, uh, and fear of the unknown is just such a big, is such a big thing. Like you were saying, I went for a walk yesterday with a great girlfriend of mine. We've been friends since childhood, the kind of friendship that you can pick up right where you left off, right? She starts telling me some of these entrepreneurial things that she's doing, ideas that she has, things that she wants to sell, uh, and just smart, smart woman, great ideas. And we were talking about her fear. Of like, oh well, ugh, I don't know all the steps to do that, or I, yeah, that's there's a lot to learn, and uh, it was this exact conversation. I felt like I could have picked that conversation up and replicated it in so many different ones that I have. Um, and one of the things that I was thinking about, and we talked about it, was, you know, we it's it's kind of a double edged sword. Okay. This environment that we're in today where information is at our fingertips within a second, right? Like we, we talked about how back when we were in school, we couldn't just look everything up and Google gave us all the answers. And we had to open a book, like really sit there and read. It was, it was a lot more work to have to get information, right? today you can just you can find it there's you know a youtube video and a whole thing that tells you all the things but it's overwhelming so 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 on the one hand there's so much that you can get get access to but on the other hand you're like where do i even start you know, do I just pick the number one thing that comes up on the Google search and like, that's the best one? Do I go by reviews and then that's the best thing? You know, you're second guessing yourself this whole decision making process. And, um, what it came down to in our conversation was you just follow your gut. You just go with your instinct and no, it's, it's, you might make a mistake. Probably you are going to make a mistake, but you'll never know if you don't get started in the first place,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Right. But it's that analysis paralysis that keeps you from even moving from where you're at in the first place. Like, why do we do this?
1: <laughs> yeah, the perfection trap. Uh, very much so. And also, when you're looking on Google for your answers, you are uh, it, it's difficult to know who what to trust because just because it comes up first in the search results doesn't mean that it's the best information it means that it's the best um optimized information for the keywords that you searched for right and so they have the best seo strategy but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are the uh, the best resource for that and that's where building those alliances and knowing who who you can trust to give you the the right information. And much of that you're not going to find on the internet because a lot of that might be company culture, institutional knowledge, those kinds of things that you just have to build your network to learn. That's building a network is huge. So I want to come back
0: to you know, s- something you're uniquely positioned to do because of your experience in leadership and in marketing, which is how women promote themselves. This is the whole, I'm giving an elevator pitch of whether it's, and it could be a number of things, right? So this is not just narrowed down to one thing. It could be for a promotion. That's kind of a common thing, right? Right, It could be, Maybe just, maybe for an initiative, maybe there is, you know, the company is looking for somebody to lead this particular initiative. And you're like, mm-hmm. I want to put my name in the hat for that, you know, or I mean, we can go on and on, but what are some of the pitfalls that women have or challenges when they're looking to promote themselves in some
1: way? Well, first of all, we typically don't look to promote ourselves. We make the mistake that we think our hard work will be recognized. If I just work hard enough, people will see it. People will recognize that I'm working this hard and I will be rewarded. And I'll keep my head down and I'll keep working. And uh, it doesn't work that way. Um, no matter how great a product you make. So let's say you're Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Uh, it, it, great product, right? But without a marketing function, no one would have any idea what those products were. Um, Those companies spend a great deal of money on marketing. Um, That's how we know who they are and that's why they're so successful. And we have to think of it that way when we think about ourselves. Any product, no matter how great, is not necessarily going to be successful on the market without a marketing function. And that's where my, my my marketing background suddenly converges with how women hold themselves back because we don't want to market ourselves. We're taught not to market ourselves. It feels icky. It feels like we are being that blustery sales guy down in the corner office, who by the way is in a corner office for a reason, but we feel like he's being so uh, self-promotional, and a blowhard, and we congratulate ourselves for not being that way. Uh, We we're not certainly not going to stoop to that level and be self-promotional. Meanwhile, guess who's getting the promotions? Guess who's getting the credit for ideas? Um, It is very often that person. So we have to find a balance somehow where we are marketing ourselves but where we're we're feeling comfortable with it, it will be outside your comfort zone at first if you're not used to doing it. But not we don't want we don't like to take credit for our achievements. We don't like to market ourselves. You know, somebody says to you, "Wow, you did a really great job on that project." What's the first thing we say? Oh, thanks. It was it was really nothing. Or how about how about well, I had a great time. yeah. Was- Yeah, The the team did it all. I had a great team. We want to deflect that. And yes, you may have had a great team, but you need to take some of the credit yourself. You need to say, thank you. I really appreciate that. And maybe just stop, you know, but we don't like to do that. It feels, it feels icky to us. It feels bad. It's like we're, were uh, somehow it's value based we shouldn't we shouldn't be promotional self-promotional uh men are pretty brazen about being self-promotional if if you're not sure how to promote yourself uh talk to one of your male colleagues see how they would do it you'll be very surprised that's a great that's great advice just do that right there that's
0: like step one here so let's sit Someone down and talk about what needs to happen
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you're putting together your yearly uh, accomplishments for your yearly review, perhaps. Have a trusted male mm-hmm. colleague look at them. Um, make sure that you're you're, sh- you're really depicting what you've done. Um, and make sure that your boss is aware of your involvement in these projects. Don't assume that mm-hmm. they are. They are not mind readers they will have no idea what you're doing if you don't tell them. Yeah, it is so true. I just went through
0: the process. Now, mind you, I have done this. So many times, <laughs> like I said, I've been in the, you know, the consulting world,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, I've, I've done this at least 16 times in it, you know, through through the years, uh, more if you if you think about, there's a mid-year review or an end of year review or a beginning, middle of the project and the end of the, pro- I mean, there's lots mm-hmm. of different things in, in, in organizations. No matter what industry you're in, there is going to be something of, reflecting on your contributions. And then, oh, by the way, we've got to rate ourselves. Are you, you know, every every uh, company has a scale mm-hmm. um, and it's something to the effect of awesome, you know, excellent, pretty good, uh, could use development. I mean, you know, there's a, yep. usually a four or five points. Yep. It's horrifying for me every time. Every time I'm like, "Oh, should I talk about that? Well that I mean, you know, yeah, ah, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, oh
1: rating myself. Oh gosh.
0: I'm just ask other women
1: under, under value because we don't want to seem like we're bragging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh
0: a hundred percent. And I'm always it's always easier for me to write about someone else i I could write about other people all day oh oh my gosh all of these things about myself oh no no thanks that's so
1: common i'll I'll pass Uh, most of us are that way that's so common Mm -hmm. it is a social conditioning you know we're taught to be uh demure if you will it it sounds old-fashioned but those messages are still strong for us uh, we're not supposed to promote mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-mm. We're supposed to be yeah. taking care of other people in service, you know the uh, the 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 mom that's waiting on the family behind the scenes and doing all of the work uh, and and not taking any of the credit That's how we perceive ourselves. Um, and it, it's it's uh we put ourselves in that box mhm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those are things we have yeah. do, so. Yeah. How do we change them? What, what, are, what are some things that we can do? Well, first of all, I think it's important to understand that culture is a construct. It's a set of rules we all agree on. That's all that it is. We all agree that these are how these are how people are supposed to behave. And we have sets of rules for all different kinds of people. Women have a set of rules. Men have a set of rules. Uh, But it is a construct. And it's a strong one. You know, it's very strong. But it doesn't mean that we can't function outside those rules a little bit and start normalizing the behaviors that have held us back, Uh, normalizing changing the behaviors that have held us back, such as. Not promoting ourselves, such as not making alliances, such as uh, diminishing our statements before we say them. And an example of that is the, uh, oh, you probably know way more about this than I do, but I thought that maybe we could do X, y, Z before we're making it presenting our ideas. or i I just thought that maybe, you know, those things that we do, that diminish what we're about to say. Uh, those are all things that we do to before we've even said it. Right. Guess who's not listening anymore? I mean, when you see that in an email, you want to yeah. just stop. Stop diminishing your ideas before you say them. You know, Practice saying, I recommend, uh, instead of, I just think. That's me. language. That's
0: me. Mm-hmm. Language is huge.
1: Yeah. The words that we choose are
0: huge and all of those filler words that that we're talking about, maybe, possibly, I'm not sure. They're all very meek and and lack in confidence just by the nature of how they're strung together and conveyed. I love I love those simple nuances of what you've said. I recommend. Uh In my assessment, this is my best suggestion. This, yeah. you know, I mean, something a little more bold, a little bit more direct. Yes, that's that's
1: a. Big and you know big what? Thing. You're going to think that you sound rude when you when you start doing it. You're going to feel like, oh, but that's rude. You're not being rude. You're showing confidence but it feels mm-hmm. rude because we've been trained that to do that is rude as, as women.
0: We and, can role play. Isn't that a oh, way that we can practice? I do that with, with my each, clients with each other.
1: I do that with my clients, right? absolutely. Yes. To get used to speaking in a more confident tone the other thing is your body language, too. I mean, how many of us will go into a meeting and we'll try to take up as little space as possible? You know, the whole, the whole yep, yep. And maybe we're not sitting, maybe we're sitting off to the side. We we took the chair that was over by the, the wall instead of literally sitting at the table and we're doing this diminishing thing with our body language, too. Um, those are all things yeah. that we do subconsciously um, that do hold us back. But the great thing is we can change those things ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sheryl Sandberg does talk about that in Lean In, right? It's the grab it when you walk in, you know, show up, show up early and get a seat at the table, <laughs> right?
1: Literally, yes.
0: There's, there's ways that we can, you know, mitigate that. Um, for heaven's you safe, know, I, for I have another
1: one taking notes. Oh, oh that's huge!
0: Isn't that it? is huge. Mm-hmm. It's so big. Oh, I, I, I can take the notes because it's a way for you to control.
1: Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, to you're contribute. not participating because you are focused on capturing the conversations. So you're not you're not presenting your ideas necessarily. You are taking notes and sending them out at the end. Now, taking note-taking is fine for your own purposes, but make sure you are participating too.
0: Yes, be an active participant. Yes, right. Yes. Okay, so you know, so we talked about the you know promoting yourself, and I have a really specific question, uh, kind of in that same lane, because I've talked about this with women that I've coached which is salary negotiation. Mm -hmm. Somebody who recognizes their worth enough to think about (laughs) this possibility of asking for a salary increase, but it's extremely uncomfortable (laughs) to do this, where they've And they may, in some cases, even have done their market research in terms of looking at the industry, looking at uh, the statistics of people with X years of experience. So they've done their homework. They have the data. They have the skills. They have the reviews to back up the work that they've done that year over year, they've proven themselves. So then you've got all of that
1: how do you go to the table and actually ask for what you want well i'm really glad that you brought up the market research uh, yourself because a lot of a lot of us don't even realize because we haven't done that research what similar roles in our industry are worth and of course there's tools online tools where you can go enter your salary Salary salary.com is one of them there's others Uh, where you can go find out what the median income is for somebody with your education and level of experience and so forth. So you should have that knowledge. You should do that research. Uh, We talked earlier about keeping your accomplishments noted, making sure that you're writing them down and keeping a record of what you've accomplished throughout the year. Um, There's no better time to negotiate a salary than when the company has decided to hire you, if this is a new job. When they when you're walking in the door of a new position, that is when you are the most powerful in negotiating that salary. And chances are your all of your future salaries will be dependent on that first number that you settle for. And if you shortchange yourself by thousands of dollars because you're afraid to ask for more, that will follow you for years, those those several thousand dollars that you shortchanged yourself. Um, the temptation is, I don't wanna feel greedy. I don't want them to think that I feel greedy. It's the same idea as being afraid to promote yourself. It's that same hesitancy that we have. Um, but you, that might follow you for a long time, especially if you stay in that company for a number of years those those uh sh- that what you shortchanged yourself will follow you so once again i'm going to recommend that you talk to a trusted male colleague about how to negotiate a salary you will be very surprised at how brazen they are when they ask f- for money compared to the way you think <laughs> that you're going to do it um, so role- maybe even role play with somebody that you trust you know, go into that salary negotiation. You'll be surprised at just how easy it is for men because they're taught to do that. You know, they're expected to do that—that uh, that money, that status, that taking care of the family. You know, those roles that they're conditioned to have to do uh, teaches them those skills, mm-hmm. and we can learn from that. Uh, so, ask a trusted male friend how to negotiate the salary. Um, and make sure that you're that not getting hung up in what they're going to think of you by asking for what you're worth. Uh, the whole meek and timid and I don't want to seem greedy thing. That's going to set you back mm-hmm. if you fall victim to
0: that. I think it's very easy for women in particular because of their the, the nurturing mentality and people-pleasing disease that has plagued society um, <laughs> is is um being worried about what people are gonna say worried about the response therefore you don't want to ask the question because you're so concerned about what's coming on the other end versus just being concerned about the message that you need to to give
1: mm-hmm. right that's that's big <clears throat> oh, we're supposed to be self okay right we're women are supposed to be- oh yeah Right, we're supposed to be nurturing and and selfless, and we not not concerned about ourselves at all, and just only concerned with nurturing others. And I mean, that's a caricature. I know we're talking generalizations here, but we fall victim to those feelings ourselves, and we buy into that ourselves. And so the salary negotiation is really where we can get tripped up, uh, because that feeling of I'm supposed to be selfless and not in it for the money, I'm not supposed to be um, I'm not supposed to be um, ambitious, right? Yeah. He's, you know, I I do these clients that are told to be too ambitious. Too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't be so ambitious. Um, it's, you know, it's, yeah. It's a bad absolutely. Treat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about
0: um, what about criticism? Right, because when in any professional setting. There's going to be feedback, as there should be. I mean, it's the way that we grow. It's the way that we learn. How how have you seen, and perhaps how can we work on handling criticism
1: from our colleagues, or superiors, peers? I'm really glad you asked that. Um, and here's once again where like my marketing experience converges with the uh, the, the the coaching. Um, We deal, I deal a lot with criticism online for my social media clients, of course. And the first thing that you need to do is ask yourself, is there any truth to what is being said? Uh, Really, really step back. Is there truth to this? Because if there is, then this is an opportunity. You've been given an opportunity to improve yourself, which is great hard to feel that way at the time it's not going to feel great but step back and look now how can i how can i take what i just learned and improve on it and just like in marketing you would tell the person that criticized you here's what we're going to do to fix this we're going to make leadership aware of it or we're going to make sure that we'd make this change in our operational process whatever same same with you personally if you get criticism from your boss from a coworker. If there is truth to it, you almost owe them a thank you. Because we have, it's hard for us to see ourselves outside our own perception of what what we think we're projecting. When someone gives you that, it's a gift, if it's true, use what you learned to correct and improve. And then tell them that you did that. You know, I really thought about what you said. I appreciate you being honest with me about that. And here's what I'm going to do in the future to, to correct that or to improve on that. Um, Handling conflict and handling criticism is one of the biggest things you will have to learn as you move up in a leadership role. Leaders are going to be criticized. There's no way around it. You have to be able to take it. But you also have to be able to take praise. So if you're going to Please allow yourself to feel as good about the praise that you receive as you do feel bad about the criticism that you get. If you're going to spend the next 30 days ruminating on the criticism, then you need to give yourself the gift of 30 days feeling good at basking in the praise. But We don't do that, do we? We focus on the negative. We focus on the criticism. do that. We beat ourselves up, we lie awake at night and worry about it. I mean, it's so true, right? Um, and then we brush off the praise, like, oh, no, it's just, a, yeah, like we talked about earlier. No. Yeah.
0: No, not the praise. It's, and yeah. it really is true. We, we diminish, you know, this thing that, oh, you know, you worked on for a year uh, for it to come into fruition. And then meanwhile, there's this feedback that you got from this one meeting, mm-hmm. you right. know, that lasted 20 minutes. And that 20 minutes is way bigger than this one year of work, oh. you know, that you put into this big project or initiative.
1: We'll ruminate on that. Uh, oh, big we time. will ruminate on it and yes, you should pay attention to it. And yes, you should you should forgive yourself for you know making a mistake. Allow yourself to feel bad for just a little bit, and then decide what you're going to do with it and move forward. That's how leadership works. That's how that's how uh, we move into a leadership role is being able to handle that. Mm-hmm. It builds trust. Yeah. With, it builds trust with your coworkers, with your team when their criticism is listened to and they know that they had an impact on your behavior that's going to build trust
0: yeah it's that it's it's listening and applying what you've learned and then communicating how you've done that yes i think that's that's fantastic yeah okay so what about what about for the men listening you know there's men listening they could either be a colleague they may be a boss, they may be a dad, they may, you know, they're they're somebody to someone and they're either working with women or raising or influencing women. (laughs) What can our, our, our male counterparts and influencers do to help support us in this environment of growth and learning and confidence and ultimately
1: success? I'm so glad you asked that. Um, There's a lot of things our male colleagues can do to help. First of all, be aware of the gender biases that exist. Be aware that you might be falling victim to, for example, affiliation bias, where you're more likely to see the folks that look like you and sound like you to be in those leadership roles. the, the folks that you hang out with, for example. Uh, be aware that likability is a bias. Women are expected to be likable and men aren't as held to that same standard. Just ask any woman who's run for a political office uh, just how much the likability bias uh, affects her, impacts her negatively, and it doesn't necessarily the, the male opponent. Uh, be aware of those things. Educate yourself. Uh, Lean In has a great resource on those biases in their 50 Ways to Fight Bias program. Educate yourself on those. And when you see yourself or maybe a colleague falling, falling into those biases, then you can point them out Try to, and try to stop that from happening. Also, encourage the women around you to be more assertive. When you see someone diminishing their own ideas, call them out on it hey, wait a minute, didn't you contribute a lot to that? Why are you diminishing that? You, you had a lot to, uh, to do with the success of that project when you see someone diminishing themselves. Oh, it was nothing. Oh, I had a great team. Mm-mm. Don't let them get away with that. Um, be an advocate for them and, and understand that they're under those pressures to diminish and to minimize their contributions. Um, Mm -hmm. Make sure you're not interrupting women when they're expressing an idea in a meeting. Uh, Women very often will get completely run over in meetings when they speak up and try to express an idea. Mm -hmm. It's all those little things that you can do and be aware of. Just educate yourself Mm -hmm. on how, on the things that women struggle with. There's a lot of resources out there um, and there's some Mm -hmm. great books on the topic. I love that. Yeah.
0: And it really, I, I love what you said, where it just starts with dialogue and, and having those conversations seeking to understand being a good listener so you can then become a good advocate for those around you. And I mean, and that goes for anything, whether it's, you know, male to female, female to male, any of any combination of things, I think that is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to, before asking you a little bit more about your own programs, ask you a couple questions that will help my audience get to know you a little more and your perspective on things. So my first question for you, Sue, is what are three words that best describe you?
1: Oh, Gosh, you got me. I am an introvert. I am Articulate. And I think that I'm conscientious. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That was hard because I started to fall victim to yeah. no to brag. I started to do that. Yeah. No want to brag. Maybe I should say a weakness. Like... <laughs> Oh, my God. I was just doing what I'm telling you all not to do.
0: Right. But it's it's when you're put on the spot, it's 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 this thing that just kind of overtakes you. Right. Oh, I didn't want to brag. That totally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got me. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, what what is something
1: that you are working on improving? Um, I'm always working on improving my knowledge around coaching. Uh, I want to be the best resource I can for my co- for my my clients. I want to make sure that I'm giving them the, the best advice and the best way forward in their lives. Uh, my coaching philosophy, of course, is to let them come up with their own conclusions. I'm not here to give advice necessarily, but the more I learn about how we fall victim to these things, the more I can, I can call them out on it and help them reframe what it is that they're doing to hold themselves back. Um, and so I'm really working on improving those skills. I'm doing a lot of reading on women's leadership. Um, I'm doing a lot of research right now just on, on these kinds of topics that we're talking about uh, so that I can be more understanding, more knowledgeable, uh, about the biases that we face and about how we can we can help to overcome them. Yes, that is awesome. I love that. Okay, what
0: is a self-limiting belief that you've had to
1: overcome? Oh my gosh, everything we're talking about. Um, I'm here talking to you about these things, because I held these beliefs in in my teens and my 20s. You know, I, I was in, it was the 80s in those days, and the 80s were a particularly strange time for women, because yes, the, uh, you know, we started to have a lot more in the way of equal rights, but there was a big backlash going on culturally at that time against the women's liberation movement from the 70s. And so we started getting a lot of this feedback on going to work was selfish. If you worked outside the home, you were selfish. If you were ambitious, you were selfish. You were a bad mother. You were all kinds of things that uh, society deemed you unfit. And I was being raised and form forming my adult thoughts at during that time in the 80s. And I had to unlearn so much of that as I got older. Um, I was discouraged from even going to college because college is a waste of money for women. You're gonna get married and have kids. Why should we spend money sending you to college? Um, Mm -hmm. And besides, you shouldn't be so ambitious. Yeah, those are things that I had to learn and out, out, outgrow. Uh, and it was, uh, there was a lot of work involved, a lot of self uh, reflection on my part over the years. And I want to share what I've learned with others through my workshops, through my coaching. Yeah. 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 Wow. I wasn't born. That's tremendous. Feeling confident. I went through a lot of imposter syndrome in my day and a lot of these feelings too. So I understand yeah, you've been there. Yeah. hmm yeah.
0: Okay, what is one thing that you want
1: to see changed in the world? You know, of course, my focus is, is women and their equality. And when you look at statistics, nations that hold women back are economically... Uh, held back as well, the more rights and the more freedoms and the more opportunities women have ultimately will make those nations more successful. You know, we've seen what's been happening in Afghanistan tragically over the last several months. And it's terrifying uh, that when you look at a nation that holds women back where they don't have equality, that nation is not going to succeed economically. So the more freedom and the more the more equal rights women have, the better off we all are. Um, mm-hmm. I I want to see my you know my personal passion is that I want to see those things happen in the world for all women and girls girls being raised right now uh, that they they don't grow up with those limiting beliefs that we did. A hundred percent. That's.
0: That would be incredible Mm -hmm. to see powerful, enthusiastic, confident young girls Mm -hmm. become these magical leaders. That is a future that I I would love to see that pendulum shift and be a part of of history in in that sense. Okay, Sue what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given
1: i've had a lot of good mentors in my in my days um i would have to say one of the best pieces of advice that i've been given is that if you're worried about learning something new taking on a new um, challenge no matter what your age is and when you think about how much time it's going to take someone once told me that well that time's going to go by anyway why don't you do something with it and i've never forgotten that yeah so true oh i can't go back to college that's going to take four years that's going to take six years of my life Uh, Oh, time's going to go by anyway. That six years will go by anyway.
0: It sure will. Yeah. It sure will. That is so true. That is so true. We talk ourselves out of things. We do. Based on those criteria, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is how much time it's going to take. Oh, that's going to take forever. Oh, my gosh. And it's, Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell us, tell us about your programs. Um, What, I know you've got the women in leadership series. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about
1: that. Yeah, I'm glad you asked about that. So uh, when I got started doing this, I realized that not everyone wants one-on-one coaching, right? Uh, I, I do that and I love doing it. It's my passion. But sometimes women, uh, they, they might just want to watch a series of, of webinars, right? So that's another way that you can get some actionable advice without necessarily sitting down every week or every couple of weeks with me in, in a one-on-one. Um, so I developed a workshop, a series of webinars that's available on my website, and they cover leadership for women um, they cover communications. They cover self-confidence. They cover things like presenting yourself, uh, how to speak up in meetings, the imposter syndrome. Uh, they, co- they cover most of that. And uh, you can pay one price and just listen to them however you want, when, as many times as you want. Um, they're all available via a video chat like this. Um, yeah, so I'm really proud of that series that I put together. Um, and I think that it's it's a great way to get some coaching without having to necessarily commit to, you know, one on one coaching. Hmm. Yeah, that is fantastic. That's
0: really great because sometimes you need that targeted, focused information that will help to jumpstart you or help to just give you, like you said, maybe a boost. Maybe a little confidence in an area where you're struggling. And so I think that's fantastic. Okay, so, you know, there's people listening and they might. Want some coaching or want some help with marketing and you've got what they need. So how can people
1: follow you and get in touch with you? Oh, gosh. Well, part of being a social media marketer for me means I'm on social media. I'm very active. On social media, Uh, my (laughs) website is carmine media, and I chose carmine because I love red. My favorite color is red, and red is fire. Oh, you like red too? I love red, and so I chose (laughs) carmine. is a is a deep red color that really it means fire, and I wanted to add fire to both uh, your marketing strategy, but also your own personal sense of yourself. You know, I want to help you add fire to your goals is one of my taglines. And so Carmine Media is my website. Um, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. Um, you can email me at info at CarmineMedia.com. Um, my website has a lot of my resources. I write a blog pretty regularly on leadership. Um, so you can subscribe to the blog. You can subscribe to my emails and I'll, you know, send you Um, emails uh, on on different marketing topics if you're interested in marketing or different leadership topics if you're interested in leadership. And of course, I've got the five-part series there as well. Um, if If you go to my TikTok account, you'll land on my, and you click on the link in my bio there, you'll land on my landing page that has links to all of these different resources, including right now, I have a link on how to help the women in Afghanistan. There's a wonderful program uh set up to to really try to help women in countries where they're being oppressed Um, so if you're interested in that there's a link there to that as well Uh, but you can sign up for my coaching there you can grab the freebies that i have i've got several worksheets on gender bias on gender communications and also what is passive versus aggressive versus assertive uh, a lot of folks don't know the difference between those things. And so I put together a little worksheet on how to know whether you're being passive, aggressive, or assertive. Uh, and so all of wow. my resources on my website. Yeah.
0: Definitely go to get that. That, yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to put your website in the that's, Yeah. <laughs> it
1: is.
0: It is, and I'll have all the links in the show notes so people can just go straight there to get any of the things to be able to get in touch with you. But I love the the, the connection with red. So a funny thing, um, I've I was very intentional about having red in my branding for Born Unbreakable because mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a bold color. My car is red. Me too. Uh, I have clothing and shoes and everything. I got this pop socket for love this. Uh, I was decorating my phone. I got a red rose in there. <laughs> I, <love laughs> I mean, it. I find ways to like put it everywhere because <laughs> I, I just, it. it's my You're favorite You're joining color. me here in
1: my red um, library. So here's my red walls in my, in my library here. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's so good. But so
0: then I also just, I have to ask you, because you do other fun things with your travel and with your singing, uh, where is the next place
1: that you're going to be traveling to? Well, boy, that's been hard with COVID, hasn't it? Um, I was actually, I was on a trip in Spain when uh, we got called back to the U.S. when the ban on travel from Europe to the United States went into effect. This was uh, a year ago, March. And so I was halfway through a grand tour of Spain when we got sent home on an emergency flight from Paris to back to home. Uh, It was nutso. Um, And I have really not been anywhere since. Um, But up until that point, I was going on a trip to Europe almost every year. Um, I really would like to finish that trip to that, uh, we were supposed to go to um, uh, Madrid and then Portugal. And I didn't get to see t- Toledo, uh, Madrid, or Portugal. So I want to finish that trip, uh, but the time's not right yet. We need to wait until our pandemic is behind us. Um, and uh, I also want to go to Turkey. That's another bucket list place for me. But again, um, it's just not, the timing's not right yet um I want i want the pandemic to be behind us and then um i do travel to the finger lakes region a lot which is where i grew up my family lives there so i'm planning a trip in the next week to up to new york to see the leaves the fall leaves changing the fall in new england is one of my favorite things so i'll be doing that in the next week but that's a family visit
0: yeah That's awesome. I love that. Well, I definitely hope that you get to finish out the European tour here soon. And if if people are listening, one thing we can all dream about together is the pandemic just moving on. Yes. So we can start to do these things and plan some trips and, and start to get excited, you know, about seeing the world and, and doing great things in the world. But Sue, I can't thank you enough for holding this space with me today and having such an enriching conversation about something that is a timeless topic, (laughs) um, that, that we really need to embrace. And I hope that folks really got something out of, learning a little more about leadership and particularly women and
1: their growth and success in in leadership. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure talking to you about these topics. Um, I look forward to continuing the conversation on uh, social media or on my website. Um, It's really an important topic for me personally, but so many women are relating to it. I was I've been so surprised at the success of my TikTok, for example, and just how some of those videos have gotten so much engagement. And I've received so many comments on them that you can tell that it's really an issue that's hitting home for women. And so I appreciate your time today, giving me an opportunity to speak to it. Yeah, I think it's great. And,
0: you know, sometimes we just need a little levity. So if you do need that, go check out Sue's TikTok, because you'll have some laughs, but you also learn at the same time. And there's no better thing than doing those two things together, right?
1: Well, I'm kind of poking at you. You know, it's funny because it's true. Um, Some of the things that, you know, you might see yourself reflected in some of those TikToks that I've done about the, the emails and the minimizations that we do. But you're right. I try to put a little spin of humor on it, too. (laughs) because we all do it right that's the best way it's the best way that we can grow
0: is if we're having fun while we're doing it right if we're gonna we're gonna uh, learn something new we we might as well laugh in the process Mm -hmm. but thank you so much for having you know this time with me and i look forward to following
1: everything that you continue doing thank you so much what a pleasure talking to you i appreciate it Awesome.
0: Leadership and empowerment. How fabulous is this topic with Sue Reynolds? Such a lovely personality and a refreshing conversation, completely relevant to this day and age. So, you know by now, if you've listened to at least one or two of these podcasts, that one of the key principles that i like to live by and i always talk about when we get to this part of the show is action why is that well it's because action is what gets us closer to results and change and taking ownership and moving in the direction that we want to move to get the results we want to get right so What is the action that we are going to take from what we learned today with Sue? I'm going to invite you to do something that sounds simple, but it might feel a little bit hard for you if this is not something that you normally do. And it is this. I want you to write down three of your strengths. What are the things that you see yourself being fantastic at three straights don't overcomplicate it write the first things down that come to your mind and this goes to the topic we discussed today about promotion and it starts with acknowledging what you believe about yourself okay that's action number one action number two is for you to go and ask three people that you consider to be trusted advisors. These individuals can be in your professional space, or in your personal space, whichever three individuals you want to choose, and ask them, what are three of the strengths that you see in me? And then just bask in that take it in how do you perceive yourself how do others perceive you hopefully there's some alignment there and embrace that take ownership and be proud of the things that you are good at and don't be afraid to talk about them don't be afraid to leverage your gifts your talents and your strengths because they are serving a purpose in the world not just for your own growth but for the growth of those around you be proud of those and help other people with those give those gift give those gifts to the world today so that is my homework assignment for you thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to follow sue particularly when you want a little bit of a laugh and to learn like i mentioned on TikTok, and uh there is so much exciting (laughs) content on Born Unbreakable. I can't believe we're in the month of November already. That is crazy. Getting closer to the end here of 2021. But it just means that There is more in store to give you through the end of this year. So continue to tune in. If if this is your first time tuning in, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You just hit the little stars and take 60 seconds or less to share what you think about the show. I truly do appreciate it. And remember, you, you, yes, you, I'm talking to you, (laughs) are your only limit So take action today. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time on the next episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast.